Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. I'm Baha Etmanen, the founder and editor of Ageless by Rescue. Ageless by Rescue gives you unprecedented access to international and Australian experts and visionaries. Hi, it's Miranda Kerr here on Ageless by Rescue podcast. Hi, this is Martha Kay and you are on Ageless by Rescue podcast. I'm Trini Woodall. I mean, I feel I'm being interviewed by the sexiest woman in the world. Skincare connoisseur, expert, and CEO to multiple brands, Olivia Duvillard offers a truly unique set of skills in his field from his vast experience in the cosmetic industry. He began his career as the general manager of L'Oreal Australia and the managing director of Elizabeth Arden Australia, and later became the general manager and CEO for leading Australian cosmeceutical brand, Ultraceuticals. Today, Olivier is the CEO of Dr. Naomi Skin Clinics and is regarded as the expert of experts. His reputation has been built over more than 23 years in the cosmetic industry and his passion for beauty, skincare and all things aesthetics shine through his work. I should also declare here that Olivier is my BFF. We spend hours, if not weeks, talking about the next treatment we want to have, the products we want to try, and we've been known to colour each other's hair, do a skin peel, and various other treatments from our kitchen tables. I am so excited to bring this particular episode of Ageless by Rescue to you because I've asked Olivier to dissect and demystify product formulations, ingredients, and exactly what we need in skincare. His authority and experience in not only running skincare companies, but also developing products from scratch is invaluable knowledge for us to know. And on this episode of Ageless by Rescue, I'm excited to share an insider's guide to exactly what you need to invest in and what you can potentially ditch. Welcome, Olivia Duvillard, to Ageless by Rescue podcast. I'm so excited to have Olivia Duvillard on Ageless, the podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much, Baha. I'm very excited to be here with you today. Thank you you've for inviting guiding, me. Yeah, you, well, you've been guiding my Ageless journey since um, I think I was about 38 or 37. So it is only perfect and fitting that you should be on this podcast. You're the person, you're kind of the CEO behind the CEO of a lot of big cosmeceutical brands and cosmetic brands. Uh, what you don't understand about hope in a jar isn't worth understanding. So let, let's talk about ingredients because I think that this is the first layer that um, is a bit scary for people to navigate. And you've worked with cosmetic chemists and you've advised brands on what they need to develop in a product line. Do we look at ingredients or do we look at product when we're making a, a skincare decision? Oh, that is a big topic here, just right in the heart of it all. Uh, there's definitely a bit a lot of uh, education in the past few years, and uh, we can thank, you know, the uh, DCM brands or the Ordinary or Inky, Link, Inky List, sorry, to just really have helped 
put focus uh, forward on some ingredients, but also at the same time, it's confused, I think, customers even further in some ways because now they we're talking ingredient-specific focus formulation instead of talking about results. And I think sometimes it kind of complicates the whole equation. So there's definitely a lot of questions out there and people are very confused which, between which products and ingredients are the best for their skin. And I think um, there's not one answer. <laughs> and obviously, there's not one answer. There's... Um, a budget obviously that comes into the equation, but also there's, there's um, the science behind it. I think ingredient uh, specific focus on the routine is important to understand what you are using in your skin. But for someone who's not willing or not so much willing, but who just hasn't had the time to spend in terms of educating yourself and what are the myths, not only about the ingredients, but also are there some true tried and tested um, a scientific basis from the claims. Um, I think it's always best um, to me it would be to go with a trusted brand and go with your skin concerns and what you're trying to achieve rather than focusing on the single ingredients. I think it's a simpler way to start. You're absolutely right about concern being the place to start because when I was doing research for Ageless, the thing that was resounding is that we as men or women are never looking for a product or an ingredient or a treatment. We're actually looking by concern. So we might say, I've got, I'm searching for something that's going to help with bags under my eyes. And at that point, I'm open to receiving information about iron infusions. I'm interested in eye products uh, or serums or creams, but I'm also equally interested in PRP or other treatments. So if you're looking at concerns, what would be, um, what do you think, say in our 20s, what are the key concerns we want to treat? And so what would you suggest a, a good routine would be and the key things to incorporate into your skincare in your 20s? Wow, that's <clears throat> that's definitely when you want to start, you know, like prevention. We start aging, you know, as soon as we hit the late teen, a uh, teen years. So I think um, good prevention is always the key. So I would imagine getting into a good routine, simple routine, nothing complicated. I would definitely have a good cleanser suited to your skin type. So you know, usually um, it would be um, like if you are young, something that is obviously helps with oil flow. So something that has I have some uh, light AHAs or fruit acids to kind of help um, exfoliate the skin cells and clear the sebum. Uh, obviously, AHA and BHA, so BHA being salicylic acid, um, usually it's very good to clear out deeply the pores, so a good cleanser that features those would definitely be my pick uh, if you're not sensitive, obviously. Um, but at you know, in the 20s, sunscreens would be definitely the one and only thing you would absolutely must use day in, day out. Can I ask you a question? Is it really that important how we cleanse? I mean, everyone says it, but does it really make a difference in terms of the quality of your skin? And should we be spending money on, we know we should be spending money on good ingredients, but should we be spending money on good cleansers? Wow, well, okay, just, that's a good question. I would say that's where you want to save. There are some really good cleansers out there that would be in the budget-friendly area uh, from you know, some great brands out there. Not, there's some research, but some chemist, pharmacy brands, definitely cleansers would be something that is um, on your face for quite a short time, so that is not the power kind of product in your skincare that will make uh, the biggest difference. Um, there are some simple cleansers that features the ingredients that you need 
you just need to do a little bit of research. And I would definitely go if you want in your 20s to save some money. The cleanser is not the number one thing you'd spend money on. You would want to have a great sunscreen uh, suitable to your skin type that you'll love wearing. One of the most important thing I would say is the, well, I've stole that actually from Lab Muffin, <laughs> is um, your best sunscreen out there is the one you like to wear every day, right? So there's no right or wrong sunscreens. There's a lot of very complicated myths out there and scare tactics, but this um, ingredient is scary for you, for you because it's going to poison you over time. But, you know, it's all about true research um, that should be backed um, making those claims instead of um, listening to a brand that's trying to sell their product that obviously is not featuring it. So I think that this that's why uh, customers get complicated. But for me, sunscreen in your 20s is your number one um, weapon against aging. It doesn't help you reverse aging, but definitely certainly will help you um, age slower and ensure that you keep your skin integrity over time. So in your 30s, you're going into a more uh, corrective phase of your um, skincare. Um, what are some of the things that you would always advocate, uh, you know, adding in? So we've got good cleansing, we've got great sun protection, maybe one or two um, treatment products that we're using in our 20s. Where do we go to in our 30s and what's happening to the skin in our 30s? Well, in your 30s, you will start seeing the environmental damage, obviously, of your skin is, is, uh, is experiencing through, obviously, uh, the natural process of aging. So you will lose, start losing some, um, so your skin laxity or firmness, the bounce, the lovely bounce that you have in your 20s. And also you will start seeing, especially in your mid-30s, that's, where it's, that's when you start paying for all the, the years we've well, we've had in the sun before we knew better about uh, sunscreen, but that's when we start seeing pigment going out of control. And um, you wake up, you know, in your mid-30s with um, definitely a few more fine lines and especially pigmentation start popping here and there. So um, early 30s, definitely, or even late 20s, I would start using some <clears throat> definitely a bit more powerful serums. So including the um, an exfol uh, chemical exfoliants. So chemical exfoliants are your uh, fruit acids, so AHAs, glycolic acid, mandelic acid. Those are all AHAs. And then you can this an array of uh, serums of any budget price, obviously, or more expensive uh, complex formulation that will help to um, exfoliate and resurface your skin, increase the cell turnover. And I would absolutely, the number one ingredient you want to look for is a vitamin. I mean, a product. So that's that's going to help. It's the wonder ingredients. And that's always say when people ask me, what would you use if you had to let go of everything? It's I just skip my my vitamin A, but that obviously gets paired with an SPF. You cannot use this, um, a retinol or retinoid kind of product without using SPF daily. But that's the one that's that's your most research, most trustworthy product that will reverse aging. It's um, <clears throat> got so many proven researches behind it that um, you would definitely want to pick a retinol product. So um, 
One of the things that uh, I hear a lot, and I, I was actually speaking to Elle Ferguson before, and she was saying that during lockdown, she got very experimental with her skincare and over-treated her skin. So one of the things that when you first start using exfoliating products, it's quite addictive because your skin feels and looks so good. And then you can go a little bit overboard. And I know that you worked on the Dr. Naomi skincare, you work with the chemist formulated and with Dr. Naomi, and there's some really great glycolic um, treatments in there. And when uh, I was given the night mask, uh, you told me that this is not a product to leave on overnight. And this can be like super addictive because it makes your skin look so good, but it's also really active. Um, how many actives should we be using? Um, and, you know, you said always retinol with sunscreen, but there is a trend towards layering serums. There is a trend towards lots of actives. How many actives is two actives and what actives should you never use together? Oh, that's so many questions. I think there's <laughs> <clears throat> definitely a trend. There's, there's, there's two conflicting trends that's happened in the past uh, few years. Is obviously brands like Inkilist or Ordinary and all those um, ingredient-focused serums that are single ingredient focused have increased the layering. Um, so you have very complicated routine and people get very confused in how many serums they should use. They mix and match at home, <coughs> trying to make sense of obviously how they should apply and which order. And the counterbalance, which is happening at the moment, it's the simplification of your routine where people are, you know, you end up using some of these brands, you end up using six, eight serums because you just need so many of them to actually make up the, what you need for your skin or your skin concerns that it gets so complicated and confusing. And also you get an overload of serums on top of each other, which at the end of the day doesn't help with um, penetration of the ingredients, right? So you layer too many serums with too many um, silicones or base that kind of end up piling on. Sometimes they start boiling. Um, this obviously is, is when you just did too many. So the counterbalance of this, the current trend, is people are simplifying their skincare routine and investing in probably a little bit pricier serums or moisturizers, but that features a lot more ingredients um, in the one formula, which I think will simplify your routine. Uh, what is too many ingredients? I just don't really have a clear answer on this because some of the more complex formulations obviously features a number of, you know, uh, of the your A, your vitamin A, obviously your vitamin C, your vitamin uh, B3, the niacinamide. There's so many other wonder ingredients out there that you want to ensure you have somewhere captured in your routine, especially also some of the peptides. Um, so that's kind of the things you want to look for in your serums. But I would say as soon as you start applying more than two serums at night and then your moisturizer and then you have a, potentially an oil on top, that, that's, that's where I would really stop um, adding ingredients. And your skin, you will feel it. I always say with active ingredients, you need to feel your skin. Too many um, is not better. I think we are, and I come from, you know, a background of um, perfumeries where my mom used to work in perfumeries. That's, that's where my love in France, uh, she used to manage perfumeries. So I used to be surrounded by creams. And I think there's a counterintuitive um, feeling out there is that a little bit of um, skincare or cream that feels good, um, I should put a lot more and I'll feel even better. 
the skincare science has increased so drastically since you know my days with my mom in perfumeries that that the cosmeceutical science and the level of active that is allowed in skincare these days or that people are willing to actually put out on the market um, has really drastically changed the game. So, and people tend to think that, oh, I really like this serum, exactly what you said about that uh, overnight mask, one night stand, which is 15% glycolic. It gives you a good old tingle and it's called overnight because we, if you get your skin used to it, you are able to use it overnight. And yes, it's addictive because it gives you that complete resurfacing. You wake up in the morning with just that complete perfect shine skin that you that you experience with high glycolic levels. But if you do that two, three days in a row, you will flake peel and you might be irritated or potentially react. So that's when uh, um, introducing new actives in your skincare is the most important thing is just to remember the slower, the better. You will get the result. If you go too fast, you will react. Give your chance to, uh, to your skin to adapt do every other day, every third day, especially if you do vitamin A you've never used, and then you gradually build up. And I think that's kind of a rule of thumb is with any new active skincare, just go slower because the counterintuitive thinking is really that we just think, oh, because I love a little bit, I'm going to put a lot more. But this is no longer the case if you're using active skincare brands. You brought up, um, they're, they're the best advice, and you've had to tell me to go slow many a time. Um, but you brought up something else in, in I have terms to, of being, I have to take it myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to take. Um, one of the things that um you brought up was peptides, and that peptides were like the cure-all to everything in skincare a few years ago. Uh, just as you know, AHAs were the cure-all before that. So um if you as we're entering our 40s, tell me about um what kind of technology we want and we can now get out of skincare? Because most likely you're also dabbling in a bit of injectables, laser, um, you know, ultrasound uh, for firming. What are the topical skincare breakthroughs that you can now also introduce at this kind of um, 10-year phase of your life where you can really start to see the aging process? So the, definitely, you know, um, I'm very familiar working in, with doctors for many years and um, I've experienced all the treatments that you should definitely, I think they work hand in hand. I think <clears throat> to talk about treatments and especially injectables, there's a lot of people that you can see out there that have a lot of injectables, but they still look older. And then you kind of realize quickly working in skincare, that's because they don't treat their skin. You cannot do one without the other. How we said the injectable will give you the structure, so your your face or your, is is the frame, and the injectable will give you the volume fillers, um, the anti wrinkles. So I'm not going to say the names, but will definitely uh, help drastically with reducing obviously movements and obviously minimizing fine line and wrinkle. But you're left with your canvas, so you've taken care of your frame. The canvas is the skin. There are many researchers out there, and there's a big one from I think it was um, uh, Oli or Procter and Gamble that did and they, they, it's complicated but basically they took the, the skin mapping on a standardized face of any ages and I think they were they had no wrinkles and they were asking people to rent to um, give an age to people just based on the skin texture <clears throat> what came out of this study in short is that pigmentation uneven skin tone redness 
ages you just as much as wrinkles. I think people tend to focus on wrinkles and they forget the skin texture, the skin even texture. So if you start to be blotchy, red, pigmented, this will make you look older or definitely age you just as much as your wrinkles. And I think there's kind of sometimes that people forget <laughs> until you are reminded that you need to look after both. Once you've done all your injectable treatments, skin tightening and all this, the skincare will help to kind of maintain the results and improve. There are a number of now skin tightening ingredients. The thing is, these are... Um, long term you know anything that touches with skin uh, laxity will take the long term it's collagen building it will take at least over three months to kind of see some bounce and results but there are also some practicality where you can add some instant tensor into your serums which give you that immediate lift knowing that it's backed up by potentially some vitamin c some of the firming peptides we've discussed so not all the peptides is a buzzword, peptides, there are probably now hundreds up there. There's really maybe a handful of peptides that have truly have some scientific backup that is not driven by the manufacturer, but is really been researched. You know, so, so argelin, which is your numbing peptide that is featured usually in high eye cream, um, has true, truly shown that it reduces wrinkles and, and um, over time, like by quite, quite significantly, if you use it um, in your skincare or eye cream, it's definitely a must. Any of the firming ingredients, there are some really good ones that we've used in the Dr. Naomi skincare, which is a really cool Australian um, organic organic uh, kangaroo paw flower extract. I will say it's not the paw, the paw kangaroos. It's a, <laughs> it's a botanical extract, but that has got some really outstanding scientific uh, research in terms of skin lifting and uh, minimizing uh, wrinkles. And it's really a cool uh, organic ingredient found in WA. So you can definitely add those firming peptides and ingredients out there. There are quite a few that will work to kind of um, uh, maintain and uh, help your skin to synthesize more collagen and elastin. But as I said, this is not going to do it, right? So you will only see the result that you expect from, you know, maybe some skin tightening, uh, ultrasound treatment, and then your skincare will help you maintain or enhance those results. But skincare can only do so much. So when you're talking about um, some of these, you know, wonderful uh, advances in skincare technology, one of the things that I always find interesting is that we always talk about advancement in technology, but a lot of beauty companies like to go back to history and say, you know, the women in Japan who washed their hands in the rice water for thousands of years had the most useful, youthful skin. The women in the Middle East who had hammam baths since, you know, 500 BC, they've got the most useful skin. When you're working with a brand and you're looking at for innovation, do you look to different uh, cultural beauty rituals and is there merit in going back to go to the future? Are there things that used to be done? I mean, you know, you and I laugh about olive oil and J-Lo's claim that she's never had any injectable in her life and, you know, the, the power of squalene and olive oil is, is her secret ingredient. But are there some traditional treatments, ingredients, um, products that really are anti-aging and really are miraculous. Uh, I think there's definitely merit in all these ingredients because 
these are the source of, you know, even the new ingredients, whether they're synthetic, they're inspired by OBC science. And then sometimes we repl they, they are replicating, you know, natural ingredients, but you can get a more um, predictable result batch to batch. And also you don't, with natural ingredients, botanical extract, you get a very different um, quality from batch to batch. And then what happens now, like for um, Cantella Asiatica or uh, you can go down to the Macedonicito, I can never pronounce that word, but it's kind of the extract actually is the active part of that plant. So you kind of narrow down to which is the part of the plant that actually works. So when you go back to the ancient beauties, milk, you know what, milk is your lactic acid. That's, that's, so that's why the bath of, in the milk, that's where it comes from. Uh, uh, lemon, lemon water, citric acid, that's an AHA. So all of this has, has the merit and has been brought forward into many of the products in today's, but we've narrowed it down further down the chain. Instead of using the milk, fermented milk with the probiotics, we use kind of the ingredient itself that is the active part without kind of the surrounding, because we've been able to, with science, extract that, the most potent part of it. So if you do have a preference for natural products or organic products, are there certain um, products or ingredients that work really well in that more natural state that, you know, is worth buying? And then other things that you really want to go towards a more cosmeceutical or a more potent um, formulation to get a real result? Oh, the trick of it all. <laughs> I just think this, this, it's a big part of what you your lifestyle is about. Um, and also, obviously, I'm not going to go around it, but if you really want active results and, and faster results, you definitely will go with a science-based. Okay? It doesn't mean it cannot be natural. There are plenty of ingredients, as I just discussed, that have been, um, uh, as you say, lab distilled, but they're still eco-certs, meaning they, um, they are organic, but they've just kind of um, managed to extract the active ingredient out of the plant rather than giving you an organic oil or an organic oil extract, which can be unpredictable batch to batch and quality from an ingredient from different manufacturers. So that's why you get a lot of question mark on a purely organic botanical oil-based I, I just don't think you will get the results that you want if you really want to go into an anti-aging routine. But it doesn't mean that if you want to stay within the botanical realm and organic, there are plenty of now ingredients that are within that family that are active and that will give you the results. Some simple things like vitamin A, you can get from some uh, carotin, which is what it, it came from, but by the time it gets to do what a retinoid, um, pure retinoid form will do, it's never going to be comparable. So when those natural brands said this vitamin A, this is just a really long lead until you get any benefit from it. And I would never um, actually use one of these products against a, a pure retinol product or retinoic acid. You know, um, rosehip oil is a hugely popular treatment. And um, I always find it, I mean, look, I know so much about cosmetics. I know so much about uh, formulations. But, you know, if I sit and listen to someone or an influencer or an expert say, I only use rosehip oil, I cleanse my skin with olive oil, there's a part of me that kind of goes, oh, yes, I want to be that natural. I want to put, you know, food-grade things on my skin. And then 
I say to myself, well, you know, you're 47. You need you need more than uh, you know that hope in a jar element. But I, I do wonder what what things you know, like I was saying, what things can we do more natural? What things can we should we rely more on science? So you're saying that the pure active ingredients like vitamin A should really be derived from a more cosmeceutical grade product, but there are, if you can find a brand that's extracted the actives in the correct way, is EcoCert, uh, is is pure. There are products that can be used with efficacy to get a good result from that natural side of things. Absolutely. So, so look, as I said, it's just a lifestyle. It's like what your diet is. I think we we're all humans. We uh, mix and match. Uh, a little bit of what we want to cherry pick. Um, you know, if you're absolutely vegan, organic, you can find a brand that suits your lifestyle. It will be harder to find an active, highly active, the further down you go into the extremes. And I would say there will be a lot of contrasts. Um, I would really just think that if you want to indulge or make sure that the products where you want to have the bang for your bucks are your steroids, that's it, right? So you just Get good serums, which is with your AHAs, some niacinamide, vitamin B3, a vitamin A, a vitamin C, if you want in the morning for BC firming, uh, just under your sunscreen helps with, you know, antioxidant protection against the sun. These are the basic, you know, the A, B, C, so simple, um, to really just get those from um, some good uh, brands. They are pure vitamin C extracts um, that are you know synthetically made or you can get it from kakadu plum extract and things but as i said this becomes a lot longer lead until you get the 10 percent vitamin c that you need to get some result right so i think it's where you want to choose the actives to deliver to the standard that you want without the guesswork having an extract that has vitamin c is it is very different than having 10% vitamin C in your serum, right? So just <laughs> I would go with what I know is get the ingredients that I need at the percentage that I think will be efficacious. If you want to be then in the more indulgent and then obviously in your skincare and a part of skincare is enjoying doing it. Yeah, compliance from enjoyment, right? It, you know, just, it's so important. It's so important. It's just how it makes you feel when you just do it at night or when you do it on the weekend for a special moment. And these are the uh, experiential products. And these you can really indulge into that more botanical, experiential texture, scent. Uh, so that's your you know, cleansers. That can be a lovely hydrating mask. That can be even your moisturizer. Your moisturizer does not have to be highly active if you've got the serums that do the job. And also, obviously, in the current trend, the, the oils or the, obviously the very nourishing. They can be made of a complex mix of botanical oils and they help to regulate your lipid levels and nourish the skin. Then can I just do a little quick one on, on oils? It's just people tend to use them as a serum. Um, yes. Meaning before your moisturizer, they need to be used on top because they are water-free because they're oils. There's no water in the formula and they're not moisturizing, right? So you cannot moisturize without water. And that's your moisturizer that does that. It's got a water-based formula. So your oil goes over to minimize, this is like, it acts like a seal. So to kind of minimize the um, water loss from your skin. So if you use oils and as a treat to just kind of nourish and replenish your skin, it's wonderful, but it has to be your last step 
with your uh, above your moisturizer to get the benefit from the oil. If you use it before, you just uh, putting um, oil um, and you're not letting the moisturizer or the moisture from the water from your moisturizer get into your skin. So that's one of the important that's steps to tip. make sure that you um, get the tip. best out of your skin. Yes, it's a good one. Okay, I'm going to ask you because you've been on the marketing side of things for some of the biggest brands in the world. You know, you've worked with L'Oreal, you've worked with Elizabeth Arden Company, you've worked with um, Ultraceuticals, uh, you've consulted the brand, and now you've created your own um, brand in in partnership yes. with Dr. Naomi, which I think is, is a really interesting step because you must have fundamentally believed they were missing things in the industry to to be part of a creation of a brand. I'm going to ask you about certain product categories and I would really like you to myth bust whether we need them and if we do, why? So my first question mm-hmm. is around um, men's skincare and women's skincare. Is there a difference? And do men need to use men's skincare no. and women use women's skincare? That That is the biggest myth in the industry. It's just I think it's more, um, as we said, to make, male comfortable using uh, looking after themselves so you put it in a great packaging but at the core of of um <laughs> of it all the ingredients are what you need so male skincare male skin is thicker oilier tends to be so you would want to use more ahas or um, moisturizers that are not as rich uh, to minimize oil but it's more about the ingredients that are in the formula than whether it's for men or not it's um, there's plenty of formulations out there that are Suitable to all skin types in some ways. So okay. male skincare, no, no. So you can borrow from your husband and you can steal from your girlfriend. Absolutely, without any issues. There is no true science. As I said, it's about the skin type you're talking about. It's an oilier, thicker, and obviously there's beard and things, but this can be absolutely, you can use your wife, girlfriend, partner's skincare without any issues as long as it's suitable to your skin type. Okay, so next one is eye cream. Is it a different formula? Do you need it? When should you start using it? Mm-hmm. So yes, there are different formulas. Usually you've got to be a lot more mindful um, around the eyes because it's so much thinner skin that requires a lot more um, soothing, um, hydrating ingredients. And obviously you cannot use as much, um, like for example, retinol, you wouldn't want to go too hard around the eyes because obviously your skin would get very much irritated. So yes, the eye cream formulas are different to the one that you have in your face cream. But if you have to save some money, use your moisturizer around the eye. And when should you start using an eye cream, really? Generally, I'd say probably mid to late 20s. Before that, you can really kind of use um, your moisturizer. But there are obviously some eye creams like we've just launched called Catfish, which give you an instant lift and blurring, which kind of crosses over with makeup. This is definitely can be used at any age to give you that kind of instant kind of eye perfect contour area. So that's kind of, that's a bit of a more cosmetic trick as well as the long-term benefit of the ingredients that are in there like tensing, um, firming ingredients and brightening and peptides that will give you a long-term benefit to using it, but also the instant benefit of looking amazing as soon as you apply it. So One of the things uh, I found is when I started... Because of the... Oh, sorry to interrupt you. When I first started having Botox, I don't know if you remember, 
back in the day um, when we were children and we started using both. Back in the day, just a few years ago. <laughs> um, but I stopped using eye cream because I was loving my eyes so much. Like, you know, there was no movement. They felt so fresh and beautiful. And then there were like literally for years I didn't use eye cream. And then um, I think you slapped me into reality and you said, well, it's not providing any hydration. It's not uh, providing any, you know, um, uh, lightening of under eye circles. So if you are getting injectables um, or fillers, you have to stick with the eye cream, right? You still have to use it. Yes, absolutely. That's the the part that we're discussing before. Is your Botox or fillers will not do what the skincare can do in terms of your skin quality and helping to kind of continue to produce your own collagen, firming and tensing. And none of obviously some some fillers will help you with the hyaluronic acid and natural production, but you need to look after the canvas, the texture, the skin clarity, um, the quality of your eye um, area will really depend on your eye cream. Absolutely. Okay, do we need toners and what do they do even? Okay, so toners. Toners is definitely a step. It depends how much time you want to spend. So if you have to skip one, please do. But in saying that, there is a new category of what I call the essences. So that's marketing for you. That's that's a a toner in in people's there's no I'll start sorry there's no proper definition of what is a toner what is an essence or what is a serum for real it's really every brand will use a terminology that suits their uh, core philosophy a toner slash essence slash serum could potentially all be interchangeable but in a toner, in the people's mind, it's mainly about a psychology. Toner implies potentially stripping or alcohol. So it implies that you're kind of stripping your skin. That's kind of a little bit old-fashioned. And I think there's an, a, a movement or trend to kind of move away from the word toner to use some more uh, of the essences. So the essence or power essences, it's a category that really, um, I guess, sits within the order where your toner should be sitting but provides moisture, hydration without stripping the skin. So it's a lot more gentle approach. And I think the word essence implants a nourishment or obviously some well-being and obviously some uh, comes from of some of the Oriental or um, Asian brands that have obviously launched, you know, SK2 is very famous for their, um, for their essence. Um, it's really a step to kind of prep the skin to absorb better your skincare. The general rule is your skin is like dirt or, or earth if you it's dry if you pour water on it it won't absorb very well right it takes some time so you're much better using an essence and prepping your skin um, to um, wet or humidify your skin before you apply your power serums as such and let's go about all the treatment products that are now kind of infiltrating skincare brands and you certainly with dr naomi skincare you've got a few fun ones um and for treatment i think about masks and i think about exfoliation products do we need them how often and um, are the at-home products good enough so um sorry i'm just going to go through the categories so exfoliants um it's 
it's you're talking about chem mechanical like the scrubs, right? Yeah. Because there's the um, chemical exfoliants being the AHAs. Um, so if you use a chemical exfoliant daily, highly not recommend an exfoliant that has granule because potentially um, this will irritate your skin further and you don't need it. If you use an enzyme or AHA um, chemical exfoliant using your serum or potentially in a moisturizer that you have, you, your skin should not need to exfoliate. So, so you're already increasing your cell turnover and shedding. You should not have that rough texture that needs to be polished, which is the old-fashioned way with the scrubbing. If people with oily skin tend to do that and over-exfoliate. It only just irritates the skin and increasing the sebum production so you get oilier. So to me, it's one of these switch to an HA chemical or enzyme exfoliant if you're a little bit more sensitive and you probably can get rid of your face exfoliant as such. Okay. For the masks, for the masks, they have a place, absolutely. For a place, they kind of your routine boost and also it's a moment in time where you want to look after yourself. So many masks do many functions. You need a boost of hydration, so you would pick something that is a lot of hyaluronic acid and obviously a lot of moisturizing ingredients and rich and fills your skin with joy, I call it. You know, when you feel hydrating and plump, there are some masks like the one we've just launched, Fizzy Lift. It's a 10-minute instant glow. Can apply it. It physically oxygenates the skin immediately and give you that flushed look and perfect glow like you're getting ready for a party. So that's how your complexion pick me up. So this is the more moment in times. And the one we discussed before, and there's plenty out there, the overnight resurfacing. So that's kind of your powerhouse that you could not use every day. You should not use every day. <laughs> but once a week, if you can handle it, it gives you that extra kind of boost to your skincare regime to give you the results faster that you want. And finally, what goals, about you know, for that tools. perfect skin? What about tools? Do you do you advocate using love you them? Know, love um, them. What do you? What would you recommend we should all invest in? Oh, that I just think a good vibrating sunning device. Cleansing is plenty out there on the market. The sonic cleanser definitely boost your uh, cleansing routine. Sonic you mean the sonic cleanser? Yes, yeah. vibrate, vibrate, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sonic vibration that will kind of help remove deep down the dirt and debris that you've got in your pores or makeup. And that will really, you know, as we know, cleansing is really the building block of a good skincare regime. So if you've got clean skin and um, that will really help to um, enhance your, the rest of your skincare routine as you apply it, because you've got really the perfect um, prep to absorb and enhance the, the skincare routine. I, Think there's plenty of benefits to the you know microcurrent. I just have to be diligent. They do work. They're <clears throat> they after that it gets the gua sha is obviously works lymph um, lymph uh, massages. It just have to be more diligent with those. I always advocate the gimmicky ones. You will use them a little bit like even at a home needling if you are inclined to do that. Um, there's a lot of risks involved. I would always think you'll get a better result. If you start needing yourself with a roller at home, 
this potential a lot of damage you can create yourself to your skin by overdoing it, doing it too deep, doing it too often, doing it in an hygienic way. So I think these treatments are better left to the professional. Um, and I think now these days, this is my new favorite that I'm using regularly. There's even now LED masks. So, they, you know, they're red and infrared masks, which we are used to doing in, um, you know, clinics with your Omnilux or... Um, uh, sorry, heel lights, those are the key, the leading brands, but they don't, so people understand what I'm talking about. But these days you can have a, a much dulled down version, obviously, of what you can get in the salon, which has over, you know, thousand lights. Those masks only have about a hundred, but you can apply it at home whilst you're working, sitting on the couch. And this has really a truly so much research behind the benefits that I would definitely invest in one of those. Um, you, you brought up lights. I'm just going to quickly segue to something because um, you were the first brand that I was aware of um, that had incorporated blue light um, uh, buffering technology in your um, moisturiser. Um, can you talk to me about the damage of blue light and what it is and what products you can use to potentially um, prevent that damage? Yeah, obviously, blue light is a hot topic. Blue light is um, part of the visible light that we all experience, obviously, from the sun, but also it comes from your screen. So that's your phone, tablets, computer, and um, our generations are spending so much time in front of our screens that there's a lot of blue, blue light uh, rays or UVs that have been emitted that we obviously need to still do a lot of research. But um, there's still obviously people debating whether we need a, a blue light uh, protection, but there's no evidence that we shouldn't. Um, a visible light protection is important. It's um, absolutely one of these new array of the science that we're finding out about because we're spending so much more time and any light, and there's many brands that are advocating you know, for infrared, visible light and blue light protections because this is one of these new area of science where we're finding out the damages and as time goes by, we will find out the amount of damage as the research is going on. So now that the technology through some ingredients and usually the marine algae's ingredients that help you to uh, protect um, from blue light, visible light, including the, the blue lights, so it's like a sunscreen, I guess, against blue light, but also some of them uh, refract the heat from, from the sun at the same time. So for someone who's um, prone to melasma, so that's uh, pigmentation, um, they would react usually to um, heat. So this is also something that helps you to, re to refract a little bit of the heat that you can experience. So these ingredients are fairly new and being promoted in some of the sunscreen brands. We have it into our screen time, which is an environmental shield, but also in one of our super oils called Lift Off. So they both also help you protect um, from blue light and your screen emission. So definitely highly recommended to investigate further in that area. I'm going to wrap it up with um, a funny um, story. I know your mum, and she is the epitome of a French beauty. And, uh, you know, you grew up in France and where, you know, the women are famed for being beautiful and stylish and ageless for a long time. But it's funny because it's it's a culture of sun worshipping, uh, often, you know, uh, quite indulgent with their food. Um, it was a culture where smoking was quite, are liberally tolerated for a long time. What do you think gives French women that 
ageless beauty that the world fetishizes so much? That's a tough question. But if I look at my mom, she's given me the love of skincare. She wakes up every morning and I've never seen her disheveled. She brushes her hair and she comes out of the room with moisturizer on. So this is one of the things that I do myself. Even if I wake up at 5 a.m. to go train at the gym, I will not leave the house without having putting, <laughs> put some moisturizer on. After that, what is the ageless part? I think, you know, aging well um, in terms of how comfortable you are. I think your silhouette helps, obviously, to make you ageless. If your you, silhouette. you stay in shape. Yes. You know, your silhouette is very important. Is the way you hold yourself. I think it's part of also how you present yourself. Um, and I think with my mom specifically, you know, obviously, uh, I think it's just her hair. You know, it's always the hair. Uh, she looks always immaculate. Um, has always had a very you know glamorous hairstyle for all these years, and even now in her seventies, she's always maintaining, and you'd never see her being disheveled. So I think just some maintenance, um, some simple tricks, but I think the silhouette is also one of the key. I think it's how you hold yourself will make you first just hunch like this or if I hold myself and, you know, maintain a figure that I'm happy with, I think it definitely helps with being ageless. And you've definitely um, kind of plunged down the ageless path yourself um, and you pushed me into... um, a new ageless path with exercising because you inspired me with your devotion to F45 and the transformation that I saw you undertake once you really doubled down on a new way of kind of living your life with exercise and training. Tell me all the things that you really think have paid off in your 40s that, you know, have really helped you feel more vital, um, act more vital? You know, are you taking supplements? Have you tried, um, you know, biohacking techniques? Um, have you changed the way you eat, sleep, um, anything like that? All right. So, yes, definitely. Look, I've, you know, um, we found some love of exercise, which I always exercise all my life. And I think, you know, I had a few years off in my late 30s to early 40s. Now I'm 48 Last three years, um, I had um, an event with my dear husband where I couldn't close my jacket and was very upset with myself. And pretty much a couple of weeks later, I signed up to an F45 challenge and that really changed my life. And I'm not paid ambassador by any means, but they really, I lost eight kilos. And I really found a love for fitness, but at my age, I used to lift heavy weight, go to the gym, which I don't do anymore. I just do a 45 or hit, you know, high intensity training works for me, keeps my heart rate up, plus 10 kilos. I feel better. I look better in my clothes. I fit back in my pants. I'm inside 30, which I had not been since I was in my late 20s. And I'm like, I just didn't, that's, that was not what I wanted out of it. I just wanted to put my jacket back on. What it did to me is really, re-focused um, myself on the importance of everything works together to be ageless. So I think, as I said, with my, so with my mom or French women, I think the silhouette is an important part of, you know, how you present yourself. But more importantly, it's just it taught me about um, how I should relook at my diet in some ways of eating. So I've changed a little bit how I eat. I eat more often, smaller portions. Um, and I make sure that I'll look at the macros, meaning that I tend to eat meals with more protein than carbs or at least a balance between the two. Um, 
the things that I've learned, fat is not the enemy. Uh, good fats are your friends and sugar is the enemy. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Um, natural sugars is not an issue, but I wouldn't um, definitely add um, have anything sugary um, without being conscious that I'm having sugar. And that's really completely helped me maintain my, my, my weight and diet very easily. The things that I've changed is I don't... I do drink sometimes, but I don't tend to drink calories. That means I wouldn't, if you eat and if you add a juice, a fruit juice completely useless. <laughs> so calories that you can definitely avoid. So I, I switch all this for natural uh, kombucha, which you know is has barely any calories, has some probiotics into your diet. So it just gives you the impression I've got a special drink. Or I would have a vodka and kombucha if I wanted to have like a good time. But um, uh, same like wine, you know, wine has so many calories and obviously I enjoy a glass of red wine but I'm well aware of the amount of calories that I ingest every time I have a glass so I think in my 40s I've made some conscious choices uh, added some supplement vitamins um, the bulk I'm not so um, promoting them but the bio excel uh, from uh, Blackmores is like bio AC I think it's called excel it's just um, absolutely wonder uh, supplement that's what I take daily and magnesium and zinc for training um, so I'm just trying to be well-rounded across the board, but also I'm not a saint. So I'm just, you know, like a, but also I understand the consequences. That's all. <laughs> and have you had treatments? Like, tell me all the things that you're, um, you've done to your skin oh, and to uh, your face. Is it better to tell you what I haven't done? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had so many treatments. I've look, I do regularly peels that's that like face peels. Sorry, with my French accent sometimes. Um I've had needling several times. I've had PRP, which is obviously your blood uh, plasma that is being spun around and put re-injected with your cross factor, natural cross factor into your skin. I've had skin boosters. I have had several um, skin tightening uh, RF uh, radio frequency treatments, obviously, especially at our age to maintain that defined jawline. So very importantly, I have had uh, filler, uh, filler everywhere, pretty much in my face. In With men, I always think um, slower, the better for men that to maintain male aesthetics and find a good injector. And then obviously you have had filler in my chin to strengthen there a little bit here. Don't tend to go too far around here because um, so for that, I've experimented um, more recently with threads, the, the short threads, which is a wonderful way to increase your skin thickness and resilience. So give you some volume without that um, very volumizing effect that some fillers can have. So it gives you, I've had them here, I've had them around my eyes. And what they do, they dissolve within three months. So what they do, it creates like a wound response and thickens your skin around them. So they create a mesh. And then your skin's regain some of that uh, youthful thickness and resilience. So I think it's just a great way to keep your skin looking youthful as well. Is there anything you're curious to try um, that you've read about or heard about that you think, oh, I'd, I'd love to try that? Oh, uh, I think I'm pretty well-rounded. So I'm just trying to think about something. I've definitely, you know, any, anything that has to do with biohacking or I think in Australia, we're still a little bit behind in terms of the things that are we allowed and compared to the United States, we are a little bit more experimental. So there's definitely things with 
um, you know, uh, HDH and things like this that we, not quite right now, but, you know, in my mid, mid to late 50s, I'd like to be able to access if we can in Australia to ensure that, you know, you maintain as useful as you can um, using the science that is out there and available. It's just in Australia, we haven't quite gone there yet. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for telling me, um, telling all of us those steps. I think the myth busting around skincare is so interesting. I think it's really nice to know that there are some things you can save on. And I think it's also good to know that it's in compliance as in using the skincare properly that you're going to get the best results. So it doesn't matter what it is, as long as you're using it correctly uh, and regularly and, and that you can get really good results from skincare. I've seen it. I have, I, I always tell people this, I have better skin now at 47 than I did at 37. I look at my photos from my 40th birthday, which you were at and my skin texture, the smoothness, the brightness, definitely the evenness of skin tone is so much worse 10 years ago than it is, you know, uh, now in at, at 47. And I always say my skin is my hobby and um, you're definitely, you know, my go-to person for skin advice. We've definitely had a few uh, peel party at home. We where, have you had know, a few peel a parties few at home. <laughs> we have had a few peel parties at home. But yes, uh, the, the best skincare advice you can give is to stick to your regime and be diligent. This is when you're going to get results. I think people get impatient and um, you just will never get whichever brand you choose. Just give your chair, give six four to six weeks at least to be consistent. You will go through a purge phase. You might break out. doesn't mean that the brand is bad. It doesn't mean the product is bad. It just it depends. If it's not sensitive already, just, just get through your skin changes and the physiology and then you will purge and then hopefully you'll get some clarity after that. So give your, your best chance is to stick to a diligent routine and consistent and you'll get some results for sure. Well, you are a walking uh, example of consistency and results at any age and an ageless attitude. I love you. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. I love you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Bye. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. I'm Bahar Etmanen, your host and founder of Ageless by Rescue. For more exclusive content, show transcript, behind the scenes video, real people reviews and extended interviews with experts, I invite you to please follow us at Ageless by Rescue on Instagram, Facebook and Rescue TV on YouTube. You can also sign up to receive our e-magazine and newsletters all for free.